Patrick, uh, you know what? I feel like you're single-handedly taking on MoCo County and you might be winning. Like, I feel like slowly you're getting like the MoCo residents to see your side. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think winning would have been several weeks ago, returning to 25% indoor. Uh, It's the only county, as we have discussed, the only county in the entire region that has no indoor dining. Okay, wait, uh, still? Because there was a lot of activity on your Twitter, a lot of retweeting not, Governor Hogan. So they are still no indoor, not even 25%. So we're hearing today's Tuesday, uh, February 2nd. We're hearing that they may announce today that it goes into effect Friday or next Friday, Valentine's weekend. Okay. Uh, we, you know, Fox 5 had the... Um, members of the um, Montgomery County Council on yesterday, they don't answer questions. They're like, well, these other jurisdictions that have opened up, uh, they've had to weigh economic uh, issues versus risk. No shit. That's your job, right? Your job is to balance the fact that does 25% indoor dining create such a risk that it's worth potentially and in many cases, destroying that business and those workers and that family and so forth. And the answer appears to be no, it's not worth it. Now, again, I've said this a hundred times. I'm not talking hundred percent. I'm not talking 75%. I believe 50% is the right number, but I'll take 25. You know, there's so many jurisdictions at 50 doing it safely. And again, I said safely and, you know, the Montgomery County uh, Parents Coalition tweeted at me, nothing's safe, it's low risk. I said, okay, low risk, now, whatever you want to call it. Like, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. And I mean, this like, comes- how, about, how about the Parents Coalition worry about getting kids back to school, which is another absurd, don't get me started issue. Oh, well, I'm you going know. to, because there's nationwide, so, there's a lot of talk about that. But this comes after Governor Hogan announced this week, right? 10 p.m., he's lifting He's lifting 10 p.m. restrictions, right? So essentially now bars and restaurants, they so have to... Most of the state is at 50% indoor. And yes, Governor Hogan lifted the uh, 10 p.m. So they could say open later than 10 p.m. now. Um, so, so think about this for one second. D.C. open at 25%. Okay. Virginia has been open at 50%. Okay. Um, Frederick County, which obviously, for those of you who aren't from this region, just north of Montgomery County, borders Montgomery County. Hartford County. Um, uh, Prince George's County last week went to 25% indoor. Okay. And yet our county just sits right in the heart of, you know, the D.C. metro area, and we got a stubborn county executive who believes that his dictator rule is, is greater than what, honestly, is is when you weigh all the options best for the community. He can never, he has never pointed to specific science saying that from 25 to zero, uh, you know, right. significantly diminishes the risk. Um, and yet he has chosen to lack compassion, lack understanding, and frankly doesn't care, in my opinion, about small businesses in this community. He could say he does all day long when he runs for re-election, but he's proven that he doesn't. And then segueing into schools, he also has proven he does not care about the students 
He cares more about unions appeasement, teacher appeasement. I, I got to be honest, with you, I have a lot of friends who are teachers. I'm sick of the teachers. I'm sick of the teachers union. They, they always have an excuse. I told you this several weeks ago. I told you last week. They don't want to go back. They don't want to go back. No, and, I, I, yeah. It, you it, know, it, it was, it was, oh, you got to show us how to make the room safe. Then they did that. Then it was, well, we need ventilation. Then we need, now, now it's, well, I got a grandmother home. I, I take care of my mother. Now it's the, you know, oh, well, we need the vaccines. They don't want to go back. They're home. They're comfortable. They're teaching. They don't want to go back. Right. Uh, you know, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, it does seem nationwide from Montgomery County to D.C. to Chicago, you're seeing no matter what the local government does to try to work with the unions, they always change the finish line. And they do. It's, it's like moving the goalposts. OK, before we talk about schools, though, in Montgomery County. So you're hearing that the, that the restaurants could reopen in some capacity. Um, and but. And I also saw you tweet at Governor Hogan basically saying, stop allowing, you know, different counties. Oh, he, to." I mean, going back to the beginning, he abdicated, uh, you know, those types of decisions to county executives, which, frankly, he shouldn't have. So, listen, you know, you know, I, I think Governor Hogan has done a very good job. But, I, I, you know, frankly, in the last month or so. He comes out with these, you know, grandiose statements. Oh, we're, you know, back to 50%. Oh, we're going to, um, you know, move to 10 p.m. to late. But he knows it doesn't impact certain counties. So either either run the state or don't. Like, either make it mandatory for the state or don't. Why do you think that he's afraid to do that? He seems like he's been a trailblazer before. But yet, why do you think that that's happening? Uh, listen, I, I, there, there's politics to all this. There's, you know, county executives, you know, they do run that, obviously, county. They have, they do have a lot of authority. Uh, I'm not sure why he he hasn't. Um, but, you know, you can't come out and say the state is moving to, right. you know, 11 p.m. closing. Or the state's doing this when, you know, you had Anna Rundle who had a sue, the restaurants had a sue. You had Montgomery County, who's still not open indoor. You had Prince George's County, until last week, wasn't open indoor. So, you know, th three of the big, Balt I believe Baltimore County was only in the last month. I mean, you have three or four of the largest counties in the state not adhering to what the governor ha has said. So something's not right there. So, um, you know, I I, don't know. I know it is it is curious. Right. And I guess I'm I'm shocked more people don't argue with MoCo execs that, you know, they've done these insane lockdowns and yet the infection rate and deaths have continued to rise in every state across the country. I mean, that's what you see in California. California went to locking down everything, no outdoor dining when the state arguably has some of the best weather. And then, in fact, they saw record spikes. So it's like, uh, you know, your way of closing things down isn't working either, which I'm, I'm kind no, of surprised. And, and that's what's, you know, look, again, l let me step back for one second. This was never easy. It was never going to be easy. Again, uh, I'll reiterate an epic failure from the National White House from the beginning. Yeah, right. Uh, and and that, that continues now with with a very, very flawed vaccine distribution and, and 
and, and uh, rollout plan. But some of these decisions that these so-called leaders, and I say so-called because many of them are just not equipped to handle a crisis like this. They're making, um, they're just making arbitrary decisions. I'll give you an example, one that's far away from us. So in LA, so LA County, believe it or not, with the beautiful weather out there, had had indoor, I'm sorry, had uh, indoor dining clothes and had outdoor dining clothes as well, which is just ludicrous, right? So last week they reinstated outdoor dining with a caveat that says any outdoor area that had TVs either has to take them down or keep them off. So there's no lingering. Obviously, you know, with the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, sure. You know, their concern is that, you know, people are going to just sit there and linger and it's going to become a Super Bowl party, right? Well, what are people going to do if they can't sit outside and watch the game? They're going to get together with friends in their backyards in inside so at the at the at the honestly, a 12-year-old can understand that. A 10-year-old can understand that. Why can't the leader of LA County, one of the largest jurisdictions in this country. Sarah, like that's the stuff that they just don't understand and they can't explain it. They're they're making up rules that just they're appeasing someone. I don't know whom it it just doesn't make sense. And it's irritating. Well, I think I told you, I think we talked about this on your show a couple of weeks ago, but I was listening to Joe Rogan had two restaurateurs on his podcast. That yeah, very I heard that. Yeah. Well known. And they basically said, look, the restaurant association, we don't have a union. We don't have, not only do we not have a union, we don't have lobbyists. We didn't have anybody going into this. So the restaurants easily became a great outlet to control because they didn't have any organ- representation really. Whereas... You know, like so you th- see. So think about this for one second. You have restaurant workers and owners who want to go back, who want to serve people who are sitting at a table, right? Yet our teachers, for the most part, many of them, I shouldn't say all of them, want to stay home. <laughs> when study after study has said that, for the most part, right, in-person teaching and, and, and school, school uh, in-person instruction is very safe. Actually, more safe than the general community you live in. Right. Right. So you have these kids who are, you know, playing with other kids, running around, um, you know, going to, going to parks and whatever, playing right. youth sports, yet they can't go into the classroom. I, I, I just... Okay, let's so let's talk about that. Let's let's transition because obviously oh, she... I, I just want to wait w- one more thing with the yeah. teachers. So the one thing Hogan did do this week that was very good. So th- there were some issues, specifically in Montgomery County, Maryland, the county we've talked about. Where so next week, Montgomery County public school teachers in 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 mass bulk are going to get vaccinated. Okay, which I don't believe they should unless they agree to sign something that says they'll go back to school as soon as next week, two weeks, whatever the case. So that's number one. To me, you're not essential if you're unwilling to go back into the classroom and therefore you do not should, should not jump the line over somebody else. Okay. I don't care if you're a teacher or not. Sorry. 
that's the way it goes. In addition to that, there was some political maneuvering, it appears, allegedly, that um, they weren't going to put private school teachers in the same phase as public school teachers. Yes, okay. And Governor Hogan came out and said, this is it's basically criminal. And he will, he will literally move vaccine away from those facilities that are uh, prioritizing public school teachers over private school teachers. The fact that that even was considered, here you have private school teachers probably making a lot less than the public school teachers. Black union support. Private school? I bet they may. I get- oh, yeah, no, private school makes less than public, without a doubt. Are without you sure? Doubt. Yeah. Especially on the religious, the religious schools, not even close. Okay, well, maybe so, the religious, but come on. Especially some in Montgomery these- County. Again, I, I'm not, you know, in D.C., maybe Georgetown prep teacher, professor yeah, versus. They're making insane but, money. But in general, around this country, private school teachers make less, especially in Montgomery County. And they've been teaching, by the way, since early of early days of COVID, back to last school year. And yet you're going to put them later in a phase? Are you kidding me? That's the thought process here. It's the appeasement. It's the politicizing of this. It's the, you know, we've talked, you know, the Biden's former CDC uh, or COVID person. By the way, how does he have a former COVID person already? He's only been in office like three weeks or two weeks, but said, we're making a mistake. Everyone should just get the one dose first. And then. I think Fauci even, even said that. Even, yeah, even if it's six weeks later, then you get the second dose. The first dose is good somewhere between the 60 and 70% range, which that should be the goal. Get everyone a dose. I mean, people are going back for their second dose and they can't get it. They can't find it. People are making appointments and going and being told they can't get it. People are jumping the line. There's these links that are being sent around where you can make an appointment. It, it's like this you know, dark web of trying to it's become a full-time job for some of these individuals especially the elderly who either you know don't know how to work the system don't know how to work internet don't you know maybe don't they don't have someone like a a son or a daughter or a friend who can help them it's 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 just disheartening to see how poorly from a national level to a local level we have handled this and you know why we elect leaders for all the wrong reasons. We don't let we don't elect them based on experience, leadership skills, proven track record. It's a popularity contest. It's a money contest. It's it's you know you know what organization or what union they can help or not help, and um and and that's unfortunate right now. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. It's just you know you know. It's 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 not it's terrible right now. Um, Okay, well, talk to me about Chicago schools, though, because it seems like the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot out there has finally had it with the Chicago school system, which seems to be one of the biggest messes, because no matter what the governor or the, the mayor's office tries to do to get them to come back to the classroom, not happening, always changing the the um you know, moving the finish line. So what do you think? Um. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I guess probably kind of what you've really already said. I mean, it's just. Well, I think what they're learning is that these unions, you know, the problem is, and I've said this for for years, 
Um, the unions, public sector unions, especially the teacher unions, help get a specific politician elected, one that they think will be favorable to them, either on rulings, negotiations, and so forth. And, you know, they think it's going to be this, you know, cozy relationship. And then now what's happening in Chicago is the mayor needs the teachers to get back to school and, and they won't. Right. And this is what you get. Right. This is what you get. You know, public sector unions are different than private sector unions. Right. Obviously, in our Fox 5, we have numerous unions. You're part of a union. Yep, absolutely. But the nice thing about that is the, the employer, the company negotiates with the union directly. Right. And they reach agreements, contracts, whatever. <laughs> the problem with the teacher unions are they're arguing with the person or pe- persons who or they helped yeah they helped get elected, get elected. And, there's, <laughs> and there's no taxpayer yeah. representation at the table right. i've said this for years back to my philadelphia days taxpayers there should be a third party non-biased representation when public sector unions negotiate with their local or state government somebody needs to represent the interests of the people not just the unions. And um, listen, it, it's, it's, it I mean, is, this, it's, it's crazy. This is a hundred year problem. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't new. This didn't pop over. What's sad is not only just in Chicago, but nationwide, they're even talking about bringing the kids back, you know, and then because like you were well, saying, then the teachers will stay home and zoom. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, but, what? I mean, now so here's what I say. Honestly, I do on think, this. Some people, well, I mean, I think like we've talked about, right? Multi-generational homes. There are some people who might be taking care of their parents. Their parents live with them. Now, the hope is in every state, if your parents are over 65, they're getting the vaccine themselves, right? Eventually. But but, hold on. I don't care. I know that sounds harsh, but I don't care. I have a very good friend who's a teacher and I told him directly, I don't care. (laughs) You know why? Because when I go to giant grocery store, there's somebody there at the cash register there's somebody yeah but you're not sitting with them for seven hours you know in a room um and you know kids are like germ petri dishes how about cops and firemen went back fire persons went back police went back no stop truck drivers uh grocery store workers retail workers restaurant workers they're all essential why are teachers essential sorry get back you know what (laughs) tell 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 your mom to stay home Tell your mom to go down in the basement. Well, they. Uh, How about nurses? Have nurses stopped working? No, no, no. Stop making excuses for the teachers. Enough. They're only essential when they're negotiating their contract. But how That's many, it. I mean, we, we do have to say, take into consideration how many nurses have gotten sick. And we do know that nurses, some nurses have died from COVID. Absolutely. Nationwide. So, you know, it's yeah, hard. Nurses are, dealing with, nurses are dealing with sick people, right? Teachers aren't. Well, but they, but I mean, they are because, you know, parents are going to send their kids to school with symptoms because people are idiots, you know, so it's like your kid gets to school, they're coughing, they got a fever, you know, it's so like, we, hello, we have, we have our, we have a central, you know, news people going into the building every day. We have reporters and photographers in the field. Listen, I'm sympathetic, uh, but I'm not. I know that sounds harsh. And I'm gonna. I have gotten criticized for it, but enough, enough is enough. It's excuse after excuse after excuse. If you listed 
essential workers, pre-COVID, teachers would have been at the top, correct? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Then, so why aren't they back? Every other essential employee has been working. Well, because they've basically found a way to make it kind of work, right? Well, and- I can't say they're not working. They're, they're work- So, okay, so if they want to stay home on Zoom, and that's how they want to do it in perpetuity, you know what I mean? So then I would fire half of them. Well, first of all, if they don't want to go back, I think they should invoke similar to what Reagan did with the air traffic controllers and fire them all, number one. Okay, well, that might be an option. And or rethink everything. You know what? Shut the buildings down. Don't have schools. Save a ton of money on taxes and infrastructure, right? And logistics and buses and all that. Keep the kids home. But you know what you could do then? You could fire half the teachers or more. And and because one teacher can teach 50 kids or 60 kids or 100 kids. And you know what else they can do? A kid who doesn't live in the best neighborhood can go to the best school via Zoom. They, they're not stuck to their geographic location. So you know what? If you don't want to go back to work, then rethink everything. Then, the, you know, the kid who can't afford to live in Potomac yeah. Or McLean, Virginia. Could they Skype in? Could they Zoom into Potomac High School? You know what? That's what they should be doing now. Why not? Why? why if we're doing not a bad Zoom, idea. If we're doing Zoom, why shouldn't all children have the right to the best teachers? Yeah. They, and the best school systems and the best school districts. Right? So enough. It's either one or the other. Sorry. Okay, that's actually a good idea. Where'd you get that from? That, that's <laughs> no, I have I have one every seven, seven, eight weeks. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, okay, well, anything else with schools? Because we do have a lightning round of stories to get to, including uh, Robin I, I Hood. I think we're done on teachers. We're done on indoor dining. You, you know, listen, I, I think. <sighs> but I will say that I do think, I do think the tide has turned where more people I do I agree with you I think are, are tired of the teachers excuses yeah you can see it then then the other way right yeah you can feel it you you if, definitely me, if, if I had to go back and say okay revision revisionist history sorry I think they did the right thing canceling the back half of last school year and I also think not starting right up in September maybe was the the right thing but they should have been ready by October, mid-October. Certainly they should have been ready by January 6th. Mm-hmm. At the Montgomery County saying March 15th, they're going to start reconsidering. So you know what? They're not going back this year. So again, 15, 16 months, throw in the summer, 18 months will have passed before in-person learning in this county. And well, I mean, you know, Moco County is an affluent county. So we do, you know, I mean, of course, not all of it. You know, obviously there's people of all different backgrounds, but I guess the kids that do have money who are not in school are probably like we talked about getting tutors, I guess. It's still getting tutors are doing the pods. They, yeah, they've went to, a lot of them have gone to private schools or they've moved. I mean, we know people because of sports who literally have moved their child, the, the father who can work remotely and the son. Sure who's a great baseball player, they moved to Florida. They rented a place wow. in Florida and moved. Wow. So, the, so he could go to school Damn. and play sports and maybe and maybe get recruited for college. So I know, which is thing. great so if you have money and, and it sucks. And, and I don't say this lightly. There was a story about how 
the Las Vegas school system forced them to go back because they were having a rash of suicides. Yeah. But it's easy for parents to think things are okay right now and teachers are okay. The long-term implications of a 10, 12, 13, 14-year-old not seeing their friends. Yeah, they're seeing their friends, I'm sure, in the neighborhood, but not really, not socializing, not growing up, not, you know, having the social interaction that a school brings and the learning outside of classroom that takes place in a school. I, I just think it's going to have long, long term implications. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and by the way, I think we're already way by. See, here's the other problem. And then I'll move on. Our country for the powerful country we are, is way behind most other countries when it comes to our public education system. Woefully behind, right? Especially in our big cities. Like, we're not even, we're not even like, it's actually disgusting how poor our, our school systems are in many cases compared to other civilized countries, right? Then throw in this, when these other countries are back, how far behind are we going to be? I It's scary to think about. It's really scary. And because, you know, a lot of kids with low-income parents, I mean, they're going to work. They they cannot – they don't have the luxury of trying to protest or, you know, make a fuss at the, at the local school system. They got to get to work and just, like, get food on the table. So they can't even – you know, it's kind of like if the kids – Go back. They go back. If they can't, you know, what are the parents going to do? You know. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see where all this goes, but uh, it hasn't been good. Okay, let's do a lightning round because we had a ton of stories that we wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, all week long, GameStop and Robinhood app, all this yeah. like the trading that has happened, the shorting of GameStop, um, and then or stop, and then um, obviously a lot of um, big hedge funds potentially losing big. What, what, what's all your take on this? So, I mean, so without getting in the weeds, cause you know, I don't, you know, are you a day not, trader by the way? I am not a day trader, but I understand it enough to, I think to explain it, but so you had, you know, traditional hedge fund, wall street, muckety mucks, <laughs> yeah. um, shorting GameStop and AMC. So they're betting on the fact that the stock will drop. So the, in essence, they, they, they then are allowed to buy back that stock at the lower rate yeah. and they make, and they make the variance, right? So the day traders of the world via Reddit, uh, said, you know, and again, I don't know how this all happened organically, but it did and said, screw this, you know, and GameStop's not worth much, you know, it's no, a, it's what, a was it a down brick and to- mortar brick and mortar game store, which is basically going to go out of business. So that's why they were shorting it. Sure. Said, screw this, start buying GameStop, start buying. So everyone's a startup. The price went through the roof, like quadrupled something ridiculous, which then put. So when you short, if the stock keeps going up, the only way you could get out is you got to buy more stock and then they're buying it at the higher price. So basically they would not have been able to cover the short. So allegedly, um, some um, hedge fund operators who, one of which I'm not going to mention my name because I don't understand it fully enough to, you know, and I don't want to say. Guy that owns the Mets. (laughs) (laughs) 
where so Robinhood's an app, a day trading app. Yes. So yes. they have to pass their trades through yes. funds or through 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 companies. So one of the companies that most of Robinhood's uh, trades go through said uh, or allegedly said stop allowing the trading of GameStop, AMC, and if you which Robinhood denies, and so does the hedge fund. But they all deny it. There's, hopefully, there will be an investigation. I mean, Ted Cruz and AOC both agreed on this, which is kind well, of tells you how bad this probably was for right? a minute until she reminded yeah. him that you know he wanted her murdered three weeks prior. Yeah, I know, but at least for, for that brief second, they agreed on something. Um, you know, Dave Portnoy from Barstool, who's a big day trader, um, went nuts just. Okay, but come on. Here's my thing, and I really love Dave, and I enjoy Barstool Sports, but give me a break. The guy's worth $100 million. He's not going to lose shit. I mean, you know, he's in there giving. You know, and again, maybe. Listen, I'm not naive to think that Dave Portnoy. He'll be fine. It's not about that. I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not saying that he everything he does isn't necessarily self serving to some point of promoting Barstool and. And, and what he does, you know, his uh, sports betting apps in, in Pennsylvania and so forth. But he also, he, he's found that niche of now very rich man, but still looks out for, you know, he's a, he's a blue collar. I mean, he was blue collar. He's a blue collar guy. They love him. So when he comes out, and I believe he has like, what, 12 million followers, some ridiculous number. Yeah, um, yeah, so. yeah. So when he comes after you, it's legit. And, you know, um, so I, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. I think there's going to be an investigation. Uh, but it was interesting, though, because, you know, you know, it, it kind of just, you know, it, it, it surprised me how in your face it was in the news and how how much it resonated with people. And basically what it. I think comes down to is the little guy getting screwed again, right? The guy who's day trading, you know, one of the billionaires was like making fun of people getting their stimulus checks and saying that they should like, like, like well, sitting he, home day. Tra- yeah. Right. He said the stimulus checks are the reason that people are now home day trading. They have this extra cash, oh, which is totally tone so deaf. Wall, yeah, Street, yeah. Wall Street and bankers for the most part have gained the system forever. They've made billions of dollars. You know, listen, I don't, if, if, if that's how the system works and they do it legally, you know, I don't care if they make as much money as they can, but there's a reason they have, you know, $20 million homes in the Hamptons, right? That this isn't, they have, they've created a little environment for themselves to get very, very, very rich. And so some other people are starting to make some serious money and a few people are going to get screwed on the short side. And, it seems like they put they may have allegedly gamed the system again to to protect themselves. So well, it'll be interesting out. to see how it plays out, right? Because eventually people have to sell. So you know who <laughs> when they go to sell, what will happen? You know, of course, redditors have come together and said, you know, hold the line; they're not going to sell. Um, yeah. Which, of course. Now, basically, these three or four hedge funders, it holds them hostage. But it will be interesting to see if, you know, I, who yeah. who wins, who loses, I guess. But I, I do think it, you're right. It's brought great awareness to these hedge funders get priority. They get yeah. access to trade information that, that we don't get, you know. So I think people have had it with that kind of disparity. Like, it should be equal for all. 
Yeah, especially with, with the available information out there now. and Yeah, right. And, and you know, people weren't buying GameStop because somehow the, the, the results and their, and their profit was going up or they merged with somebody else. It was via social media. But at the same time, so what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So uh, another story, you know, mass exodus, this was another story I think that was on your Twitter, um, just about how people are continuing to leave New York and California to head to Florida, Nevada, and Texas. So what do you think about that? High taxes, obviously, one reason, COVID restrictions, any shock there? And do you think New York and California will be able to recover? Seems like Florida is now thriving because a lot of people have moved there. I think I think California has a much better chance to recover than a lot of New York. Really? Because of weather and I think just because of, you know, the infrastructure of Hollywood and some of the other things. But when you say recover, do I think New York's going to like I think New York City will still be New York City to some degree. I I I think commercial real estate in New York is going to be just terrible deadly. I think rents are going to drop. I think people have paid exorbitant prices for, you know, the two bedroom condo. They're paying, you know, you know, 2000 a month, uh, you know, HOA fees and all this stuff. I think a lot of them are going to be screwed. I know. I know. I said to Dan, now is the time because on TikTok, there's all these New York realtors trying to get their places rented. So they just, I mean, they keep showing you places cheaper and cheaper and cheaper that, you know, it used to be $4,000 a month. Now for 2800 you can get this like in the city, you know, one bedroom. You're like, wow, this it's, you know, shit is going down there. Yeah. It's no one wants to move. Who wants to be there? You know, it's going to be interesting though. I, I will say this. The suburban housing markets are insane right now. Right. So um, the prices are through the roof. People are making offers, you know, five, six, seven, eight percent, up ten percent. Some cases above listing, waiving appraisals, waiving inspections, waiving any contingencies. Uh, you know, I think a lot of renters with the interest rates the way they are, they don't have to rent and be in the city or moving to the suburbs. What are you going to do? Are you going to sell, move to Frederick where it's more lenient? I should or move to, or move to Virginia, one or the other. Right. <laughs> but no. I, so I think you have this, you know, a lot of renters are buying. You have, a, you know, obviously, especially in D.C., you have an administration that's turning over. You have a lot of people who are just have to get out of the city. They need more space. They um, and with interest rates in the two and a half range, it's it's basically free money to buy a home in the suburbs. So it's driving the market through the roof. So it's it, you know be interesting to see you know if that's sustainable. Um, do you have time for one more topic? Yeah, I have time for two more. Okay, good time for two more. Really quick, Governor Cuomo getting a ton of heat backlash. Yeah, Obviously, the numbers. Could misreported for people who died in nursing homes. And supposedly the confusion came in take, transporting people to the hospital. Then they died. It was all confusion about, well, were they nursing home patients? Anyhow, the number's much higher. Uh, you know, and by the way, CNN was the first to report this, I believe. And for them to report it, obviously with the brother works there, Chris, they've, you know, they, they put they put Governor Cuomo up on a pedestal for, for months and months and months, not just CNN, everyone did, a lot of people did. They were showing his daily briefings and so forth. And, you know, now you start looking at the overall metrics almost a year in, 
now with the nursing home debts being almost double what we thought they were, which were already the highest by far in the country, uh, the economy's in 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 in, in dire straits in, in in New York, not just the city, but the entire state. He, they want ridiculous taxes raising. Um, you know, listen, I don't think he's the darling that that everyone thought he was. And, you know, I, I've been very critical at times of this, you know, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, and rightly so, opening up a little too early and some of the things that he did or did not do. But if you look now, 11 months in, and you look at the total numbers. I know. And you factor in population, senior population, nursing homes, you know, Florida, New York, open, not open, economy, non-economy. It's not even close. Florida did a better job. And, you know, people are going to be like, oh, well, he opened up. People are partying down there, not wearing masks. Okay, well... I'm not advocating that right now, but for some reason, what were the and are the COVID rates similar in COVID deaths as Florida to New York or no? It's not even close. Like New York, I believe, and again, I don't have the number in front of me. I think New York's 43 and Florida's 26, and the population's the same for both wow. states. About right, and there's more seniors in Florida than in New York. Uh, so, so when you look in, and you got to factor in how the economy has been able to continue in Florida to a certain degree. Uh, and again, by, things are I, open, still yeah. think, I still think he was, I still think that, you know, he, he, you know, Florida was a little loosey goosey and opened up too early and, you know, but either they had more herd immunity or they, and by the way, they're also way ahead on vaccine distribution. Isn't that mind blowing? <laughs> it's kind of, so I mean, people I are literally flying to Florida. We have we have friends, sixty five year old friends, are either driving down with their parents, and and they're getting the vaccine. And you know, I, so say what you want, but I know it is. It's the numbers don't lie. Um, last question: Auburn football. This this was a fascinating topic too. Uh, Auburn football, of course, big college football. Just built a ninety-one million dollar facility. Um, you know, it's going to have everything in it: cafes, laundry, uh, state-of-the-art nutrition, all this stuff. And yet, uh, somebody on your feed or, or a reporter was basically saying, and just as a reminder, the players still make no money. Still do yeah. not get paid for their likeness or anything. It, Shocking I, or I believe I believe it was the reporter from the Washington Post, sports reporter from Washington Post, right? I think put it out first. I think it was Solomon. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but he's right. He's hundred percent right. You know, ninety million dollar football facility and the NCAA's doing everything they can to not play pay players. We've been talking about this for years and years and years. Ninety one million. So, you know what? There's they say there's not enough money, right? It, it seems has, like you're doing a, fine. It had like a full it had a full barber shop, massage yes. room, I mean movie theater. Yeah. Like like just stop. And then you tell me there's not enough money to pay players. It's so hip. But the they've NCAA got a barber have, shop they can go to. The NCAA by far the most hypocritical organization in the history of history. <laughs> um, all right, Patrick. I feel like we got a lot right, of rants uh, out. 
It's yep, all it, the rants are all out. the rants. Uh, where can people follow you? Your Twitter was was uh, on fire this week. Oh. Patrick GM Fox Five DC Super Bowl prediction thirty one twenty four Chiefs. I think you're right. I think it will be very hard for Tom Brady to overcome Patrick Mahomes, but it's going to be a good game. I can't wait okay. to see how that 31-24 goes. Thirty one twenty four final. Okay, boom. We'll see you next right. week. See ya. Bye.